Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. All right, welcome to today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We have a special guest, Patricia Bootsmo, with us. And if you are wondering, God, what are you saying in 2020? It's a crazy year. What is on the heart of God? What is he wanting us to do? How is he wanting us to respond? What is God speaking right now? Well, we're going to ask Patricia and see what God's speaking to her as a prophetic voice in the body of Christ. And she's also started some houses of prayer, and we want to glean from her wisdom. And you guys are going to be so encouraged I believe, by the episode today. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome so much. The Presence Pioneers podcast exists to equip Presence Center communities to worship and pray night and day. We want to help you experience and host the presence of God right where you are. So whether you're part of a house of prayer or a burn community or a praying church or prayer group on campus, we want to help you experience God's presence and to lead others in that as well. So Please hit subscribe if you're not subscribed yet, wherever you're tuning in and track with us. We provide short little Bible teachings as well as these kind of extended conversations and interviews to encourage you and help you along. We believe God's presence changes everything and that's why we're doing this. So please stay in touch with us. You can also visit our website at presencepioneers.org. All right, Patricia, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Matthew. I'm very honored. Yeah, it's a huge honor to have you. Uh, we met in the Raleigh area uh, when we were both at the Catch the Fire Church there, and you're still there. We just moved maybe four or five months ago. Um, but it's an honor to have you here. I'm going to read a, a little bio on you here, and then hopefully this is up to date, and then you can fill in the gaps here. But Patricia, along with her husband, John, has been in pastoral ministry with Catch the Fire for over 24 years. As a spiritual as spiritual children of John and Carol Arnott, Patricia and John are at our senior leaders of Catch the Fire in Canada. I think also in the USA now as well. Yeah. Uh, yes. Patricia has been leading House of Prayer for 15 years and is an internationally recognized prophetic voice, having led the Canadian Prophetic Council and is also on the World Prophetic Team for Catch the Fire. So awesome. You've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> is true. That is true. It's great, great to have you here. Um, you know, I would love for you to maybe share a little bit about your story and, and your journey. Just, you know, give us a snapshot, just some highlights of, of kind of how you got to where you are leading houses of prayer, doing prophetic ministry, teaching That's you know, amazing ministry. But how did you get into all this? How did God lead you? What's, what's a little bit of your journey? We'd love to hear from you. Okay, fantastic. You know, um, yeah, I actually will start with, even as a child, I did have this inclination to believe that A, God could speak to me as well as that he would hear my voice. So I remember when I was five, six, seven, eight years old, even praying for, I know this seems crazy, but I was praying for the Jewish people <laughs> wow. almost every day of my life. And I think that tied into the fact that my parents were born in the Netherlands in Holland and they immigrated to Canada and they were children during the war, during the Nazi occupation. And they would talk about when the Jewish children would disappear. And my mom was, uh, her mom was one that would house Jewish people, you know, kind of like according to Boom situation, sort of. And uh, they obviously didn't get caught. But I just remember those stories. And, and so I was raised 
in a you know denominational church, but I always had this inclination to pray. So I I will say that. However, you know, didn't get born again until I was twelve. But I would just so honored to come from the same city as John and Carol Arnott, who are the world leaders for Catch the Fire, the founders of the church ministry. So I've known them since I was a teenager. So I went to their church when I was in my teens, and that really took off everything. Like like the lid came off of the gifts of the spirit and the prophetic and and those things that I, I had stirrings but had no real knowledge of how to manage it in my life that really helped to start to come under their leadership. And I just want to honor them. The revival then that later came in 1994, amazing. The Holy Spirit did such great things. But it was while we were on staff um, as associate pastors in Toronto, it was 17 years ago in 2003, and this little praying mantis, this insect with its hands raised in prayer came and was sitting on my doorstep every day for three weeks. And I thought, this is unusual. I was raised to the farm and I know what they are, but I didn't, I knew that, hey, wait a second, this is not normal for them to be in suburbia, Toronto. And I did yeah. feel like the Lord was speaking to me and he said, Patricia, I'm going to teach you how to pray. And that reminds me, reminds us, doesn't it, of Luke 11, when the disciples, they had already been doing great things, by the way. They had been, you know, out the 70th sent out and they saw, Jesus said, it saw Satan fall like lightning. They'd been healing the sick. They'd been preaching the gospel. But then they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so I've been doing great things, but it was like, I really need to learn how to pray. And I, I wonder if, if someone listening, to be honest, you could think that, well, I've been a Christian for whatever X number of years, but I believe that is a call that the Lord is saying, I want to teach my people how to pray. That came then that year, later that year, out of a place of desperation. <laughs> and that was when we were asked to move from Toronto to go back to my hometown, which is a place called Stratford, Ontario, by the way. It's the same place where Justin Bieber comes from, if that interests anybody. Because uh, <laughs> anyway, so it was to help pastor the church there. But there is a lot of things like the uh, city was formed in the Freemasonry, simple sign. There was a lot of drug problems. And there is a world-class Shakespearean theater but that was, you know, a lot of dark stuff. But anyways, we were like, God, we just left revival in Toronto. And how do we, you know, see your glory come? And by the way, that same year, so much happened that year, gave birth to our sixth child. And the Lord said, name her glory. And John said, you can't name a kid glory. And I'm like, she's got to be named glory. And so <laughs> we compromised on glory, Anna. And nice. why I'm throwing that into the mix, I realized that it's not always name that you name your kids isn't I do think it's prophetic I was just reading today in Hosea where the Lord named the first two kids of Hosea as well but anyways it was because there was this message or this burning in me to see the glory of God come and it was like the Lord said and she is a worship leader she's 17 years now she's she's amazing but the point is the Lord wants to see the glory his glory cover the earth like the waters cover the sea Habakkuk 2:14, and that's what we wanted for Stratford but it was how and one thing is the Lord spoke to me, said, I do not send you out to war to lose. I send you out to war to win. And that became a shift in my mentality because I was like discouraged. I was thinking, this is just too hard. And the, the Lord is trying, was trying to get my attention saying, hey, with me, nothing is impossible. You just got to learn. Remember, we talked about this earlier this year. You got to learn how to pray. So I said, teach me, Lord, teach us. So uh, we gave our mornings, every weekday morning, to prayer. We didn't pastor anybody. We just said, look, we'll take appointments in the afternoon. But our kids at that time went to the Christian school. 
And that began the whole house of prayer. And we didn't kind of stumbled on it. The Lord then also spoke and said, the tabernacle of David, I want you to teach, do, and live the tabernacle of David. And I'm like, what well, is the tabernacle of David? I know it's in the Bible. Mm. And that started this great study of the word as it pertains to the tabernacle of David. We went down to Kansas City and, you know, met Mike in the house of prayer. By the way, this weekend, the, the house of prayer here is 21 years old, you know, 24-7. So that also became a real boost for us to say, wow, this is happening on the earth. And all I can say is that when we took this to the church, started praying, it was incredible. And I'll just snapshot, the church started growing, prodigal sons and daughters came to Jesus. That was the first sign is that uh, salvation. And that's Amos 9 and 11, in the last days, I'll rebuild the tabernacle of David. And I repeated in Acts 15, that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. And we didn't even realize that, but it was like, there is a strong, obviously a very strong connection between prayer and evangelism. As Jesus said it well in Matthew 9, like fields are white for harvest, therefore what? Pray, first pray, then go pray, the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. So as we were praying and, you know, maybe five people at times and then 10 people and others joined. And so our kids all got involved in the church grew. The mayor caught wind of this, asked my husband to start a mayor's prayer breakfast. Then they caught wind of the fact that we really wanted to go 24-7. The city of Stratford took up the literal, the, the mayor and the mayor's office took up money to help us get that started. We did 24-7 oh for nine months. It was wow. incredible. Baptists came, Pentecostals <clears throat> came, Catholics came. So we learned something that the Lord was, you know, even through pain, you know, sometimes we go through pain or trial, so to speak. And I look and think, you know, we were desperate and, and it was like the Lord responded by teaching us now something that I, I know that till the day he takes me home or he splits the sky, I carry this revelation. God wants to shift uh, not only us, but he wants to shift atmospheres. He wants to shift nations, cities through the power of God's people coming together to pray and to yeah. exhort his name. So there was a prophecy by Don Potter, a musician who said, there's something in Stratford that's going to end up going to Toronto. How you know this is a word is there's a river that flows from Stratford to Toronto. And sure enough, we discovered that there was a river that flowed from Stratford to Toronto. And when we were asked to go back to Toronto in 2011, it was to start the house of prayer and to pastor. And so we started the house of prayer there and much has happened there. And now we're down in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and just doing prayer there as well, as well as, I don't know if it's okay if I just share the story about sure. something more recent where Patricia King contacted me. She's a friend, she's a real prophet, and she's in Phoenix. But she said, Patricia, the Lord said to me to ask you to help me get a firewall of prayer going for the USA. And I'm like, I'm with you. Uh, because as we see, like the walls of America seem to have been breached. There's so much things happening, anarchy, where the enemy is raging and, and natural disasters plus political unrest, as you know. So since Independence Day of July 4th, the Firewall USA has been going on. And do you know there's 20,000 people now signed up praying 24-7, virtually, you know, praying. Amazing. That are part of the firewall. And so, and there's been 40,000 that actually have checked out the website or praying in some capacity, but there's 20,000 committed to praying 24-7. And then just recently, um, I just read this book by uh, Mary Colbert, is the wife of Don Colbert. Anybody knows that he's a physician. 
but she had this uh, initiative from God in 2016 to pray 15 minutes a day, every day from Labor Day to Election Day for America, for the American elections. And I read that and my spirit leapt within me. And I thought, okay, I'm a Canadian. I, don't, I can't even vote in America. I am here on <laughs> a visa, but wish I yeah. could vote. And, and I felt like the Lord said, I want you to do it this year. And I'm like, if that, you know, if that's going to happen, first of all, I need to find out if Mary Colbert's doing it. Anyways, I was um, met her. She said, look, if you do it, I'm going to help you. I'll put it on my website. And she helped kick off our first 15 minutes of prayer on, on Labor Day, September 7th. So we're going out every morning, 15 minutes a day, like a battering ram, specifically praying for the U.S. national election. We'll go right to election day and maybe post it as uh, past as well. But it has been incredible. I mean, we've got thousands that have signed up. Uh, it's called the dailyelectionprayer.com that are praying with us, different leaders like IHOP leaders, Catch Fire leaders, Patricia King and Stacey Campbell, different prophetic leaders. Uh, amazing. You know, but it's not just the leaders. It's the people that are hearing the sound. We're hearing the sound to pray, to cry out, to do what Second Chronicles 7.14 says, as well as, I mean, you know it, Matthew, but Ezekiel, you know, or he, the Lord spoke and he said, I search for a man who would stand in the gap, who would pray on behalf of the land. And so there's something there specifically of an assignment that God's speaking. And the bottom line is it changes us. It, it changes us to pray. It changes us to say yes. So all I'm saying is that I'm shocked more than anybody about what God's <laughs> been doing, but it's, it's yeah. simply the yes. It's, it's like, okay, God, here I am. Send me. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure we uh, link to that uh, election prayer site as well in the, in the show notes for this episode. So let's, if you don't mind, I'd love to jump back to the House of Prayer Days in Canada. You shared some amazing testimonies of what God did while he was there. And in my experience, prayer is simultaneously glorious and challenging. <laughs> and you see God do amazing things, but yeah. praying consistently and then also mobilizing others to pray as well can be a real challenge. So I'd wonder, I, I, sometimes it's, it's just as encouraging to hear, you know, some of the challenges as it is for the victories, because many people are struggling to pray and it can be relieving. Somebody like yourself, I'm sure you've had challenges, whether it be to pray or in leading a house of prayer. So what have been some of those challenges over the years, as you look back, that uh, you you went through in in leading a house of prayer and just praying for you know hours and hours every week. That's a very good question. I just remember this one set in Stratford when we maybe had seven eight people on the set like on stage and then others in the room and I thought this is before the pre uh, you know <laughs> actually check out if they're good singers or not. You're like oh you're willing okay get on there you're in the stage. So it, in my opinion, it sounded bad and I'm not yeah. like a real trained musician. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, that, that was a little bit off too. And yet, just for a moment, I know this may seem grandiose, but it, it really did happen. Just for a moment, it was as if the heavens parted and I saw Jesus just looking at us with such great pleasure and, and it's like he was... You know, I could imagine this, but he was like, he was saying to the angels, isn't that awesome? Like, look at them, they're praying, they're worshiping me. They just love me that much. And, and I thought, you like this? Oh my, you like this. So, you wow. know, I forever lost 
from that moment on, I lost this thing of, you know, this doesn't sound good or whatever. It was like, he, you know, make a joyful noise. In other words, yes, you should have great, good musicians up there and singers. But the point is, is that it's him. It's him in the room. And I used to think, where's that little old lady who retired, you know, and, and I thought she would be in the house of prayer. Or where's this person? Or where's that person? And it was like, when I stopped doing that and saying, God, you know, just work with who is in the room, work with who does come. And by the way, I come. And it was this movie, uh, this old movie, The Field of Dreams, where it was, it was the phrase from there that if you build it, I will come. If you build it, they will come. It was just do it. If you build the house of prayer, watch who shows up and especially he shows up. So I started to just work with who was in the room, you know, and there would be times where I'm like, oh, I need more men. You know, we need more men. And I would start to pray for men. And all of a sudden men would show up or I need a violinist. God started to pray for a violinist and a violinist showed up. He had a dream that God spoke to him in the dream to say, go play your violin in the house of prayer. So I'm like, thank you, God. Mm. So one of the things I realized is it was his house of prayer, not mine. And so therefore, when we realize that it's God's house of prayer, not our house of prayer, it takes the pressure off of us. Like, in other words, I would be like, you know what, God, I got this amazing worship leader who's, you know, they need to leave. Or maybe for some of them, a lot of them came as interns. We have 55 interns that came to Stratford to help us in the house of prayer. That that was a miracle in itself. Yeah. Uh, Because who wanted to come to this town of 35,000 people, you know, but they would call or email and say, hey, can I come and help? And I'm like, yeah, sure. (laughs) But the one thing I noticed every time I would go back to him and say, Lord, I've got a worship leader that needs to leave their visa is up or whatever. He would send somebody else. It's just incredible. And then in Toronto, I mean, where our quality went way up in terms of that we had just a big field to, to choose from on the team. And you know what I noticed? A lot of the worship leaders, singers, musicians, who ended up on the stage in Toronto, either on a Sunday morning, let's say, or in a conference as part of the team, they got their start in the house of prayer. And you see, they learned to worship for the audience of one. If we haven't learned to worship for the audience of one, when there's nobody there, you know, in the room per se, or people accolading you, but we, we do it for him, Something happens to that person. I, I bet you, Matthew, you, you know this too. You've probably experienced this too. I can tell usually a worship leader if they've spent time in house prayer. they got something oh, yeah. different about them. they got a different heart or they have a different spirit or this a different sound. It's kind of hard to put your finger on, but it's like they're just lost in God. They've learned to do that hours and hours when there was no people there. Or obviously I realize people can do that in their living rooms as well. Yeah. But there's something when we, like David, and it was David who started, King David started this whole thing. Like, I mean, God, through David, spoke to him and said, get that Ark of the Covenant, the embodiment of the glory and the presence, bring it into Jerusalem and start this worship and prayer movement. And that's exactly what he did, which became known as the Tabernacle of David. And that's a whole preach in itself. But yep. I learned a lot is that even as I read the scriptures, you know, David didn't do everything right either. And I didn't do everything right. We don't do everything. I've done it everything. I've done it every way. Boring prayer <laughs> with no music. <laughs> uh, harp and bowl, that we really uh, found a sweet spot there. 
burn style, of course, you know, uh, just every which way. And I don't think you have to do this, have to do that, but be led by the spirit is Mike Bickle would say, just get one guy in a broken string guitar and a few people in a room and just start praying and worshiping, see what God does. Yeah. So that was definitely, I, I want to, uh, one of the challenges is, is just, you're thinking, how can I, I need people? You do need people, but it's yeah. God's business. It's really him who will bring the people. If you just do your part, I like right. this phrase. It's true. God won't do our part. We can't do his part. So if we just do our part, he'll do his part. And another challenge, Matthew, you've probably seen this too, is to stay focused on what you know God has given you to do. So in other words, somebody might come in and say, oh, yay, they've been wanting to preach from the stage for, you know, for years. And this is their opportunity, they think. So they'll take the mic and they want to start to preach. It was like, no, 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 no. This isn't preaching. This is prayer and worship. You know, we're, we've got, we got a focus here. We have a, even now, as I'm doing these daily election prayer, we're focusing on the election. You know, it's challenging. You've got a lot of other things to pray for. Yeah. But I would say that's a challenge of prayer leaders is don't let it get off because somebody right. else's opinion. You got to know what God has spoken to you and hold the line. Hold the line on it for yeah. years and years and years and years. And uh, the one thing is I'm looking at, you know, all these, a lot of young people, by the way, because they're hearing the sounds, this generation not saying older people don't come, but there's a lot of young people that are hearing the sound from the Lord, this generation, to worship, to pray. So I, I work with tons of young people in the house of prayer. And I would think, how in the world do you motivate young people to give up, you know, their time for free? You know, they're volunteering their time. And what is the reward? And here it is. He is the reward. God is the reward. Yeah. He said it in Isaiah 62, set watchmen on the wall. I'm coming. My reward is with me. He's the reward. He encounters their hearts and they come back for more. And so we can't help but get changed. I have seen it again and again and again and again. Toronto in particular, associated with the school of ministry. And they would, we would make the students come into the house of prayer at first and then be bored of their mind, two hours to pray and worship. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I have to, my iPhone isn't here, you know, but I would see them. Time and time and time again, give them a few weeks, give them a few months, and they would get transformed because he's a reward. Start encountering God, weeping yes. at times, you know, snot rolling out. And, and it's it's glorious because you see the Lord touch your heart in that place of his tenderness. And so mm. you got to stay with it. Don't let it get off in some preaching. There's preach. We I love preaching. I love to preach. But yeah. there's a time and a season. And so... If you don't stay, you know, focused and put it on track, then what happens is people won't show up because it's mixture. You know what I'm saying? Mixture. Oh, yeah. And and we don't, Definitely. you know, we don't normally try this in Stratford. It didn't work. You don't do harp and bowl on a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, in my experience, you know, there's a, a million things pulling people away from prayer and very few pulling into prayer. And you have to be very intentional because the tendency of our own hearts, the tendency of meetings and the tendency of ministry and church activity tends to pull away from that ministry to the Lord through worship and prayer. And in my experience, you have to be, like you said, very focused and intentional to, to constantly hold the line and keep that focus there. The other thing I heard was you were saying God builds the house. And I remember 
uh, pretty early on, we had started a prayer room here in Greenville years ago, and we were struggling. And I went and visited another house of prayer, and the leader there said, build prayer with prayer. And it was such a revelation to me because one of the premises of having a prayer ministry is that we need to pray to see things happen. (laughs) But yet I was trying to build a prayer ministry in my own strength. And I was realizing, oh, wait, the whole point of the house of prayer is, God, we need you. We need your grace. We need your power. And I was trying to lead a prayer ministry without prayer, without praying. And I was going, oh, man. Um, So anyway, build prayer with prayer. And, and yeah. that's sort of at, at the root of it. And, and even I think people that are excited about worship and prayer, sometimes we can kind of miss the point of, of what we're even, of what God's even trying to get at. And he's, he's saying, I, I do have things I want to do, but I'm going to do it. So stay, stay with me, stay focused on me, minister to me. You can't really do house of prayer unless you are a house of prayer. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, Please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers Premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. Right. I need, yes. to, I need to be a house of prayer before I can build a house of prayer. Amen. Amen. Well, look, let's shift gears a little bit. I would love to get your perspective on what's happening this year uh, as a prophetic voice and somebody I know is friends with a lot of other prophets and prophetic voices in the body of Christ. Uh, yeah, I would love to just get a sense of what do you feel like God's saying? Maybe j- some themes you're seeing. Uh, I know that maybe some specific things you think would be relevant to people that are hungry for revival, you know, praying people, worshiping people. But yeah, just want to kind of open it up and let you speak into the season. 2020 is crazy. I I do think God's speaking and he's, he's doing some things. So what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Yeah. Well, just like Isaiah 60 says, deep darkness covers the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises upon you or the great and the terrible day of the Lord. I believe that, you know, many are saying this is just a horrible year. This is just a terrible year. Actually, I believe that there's a ton of incredible good in this year that the Lord is wanting to accomplish in us, the church. And if we'll see it, you know, last time I checked Romans 8, 28, still in the Bible, that he works all things out for good for those of us who love him, work to walk according to the spirit. 
So at first I too was thinking, oh my goodness, like I was grounded. I have done a lot of travel and speaking, but I came to see, Lord, you are giving me a gift. You're giving me a gift of more time in your presence and more time in your word. And I would say the analogy that's been coming to me is like a, a cocoon, that there is this caterpillar that enters a cocoon, which is this enclosed space. And somebody showed me, told me recently that it, it actually becomes like mush inside of that enclosed space, but then comes out a butterfly, metamorphosis, and is able to soar. And I believe that that's a prophetic picture of what God is wanting us, the church, the body of Christ, to be. It's like that we're not going to be the same. We are to be different. And I would implore pastors listening, leaders listening, don't be thinking about just going back to business as usual or even church as usual. I would encourage you to seek the Lord as to how things are supposed to shift. You know, getting out wider, even, yeah, many, many things. Prayer being super central to what the Lord wants to accomplish in this day and this hour. So word and spirit is a big thing. It's like, it's time for us to eat the scroll and devour the word of God and like we've ever have before. And therefore to also see how the, the Bible, the biblical prophecy of the unfolding of the end of the age. To me, the prayer movement is affiliated strongly with Jesus coming again. So that's why when, when Amos 9-11 prophesies that in the last days, you know, I will rebuild the tabernacle of David. Well, I believe that we are in at least the beginning of the birth pangs of the last days, getting more intense, getting more close. And the tabernacle of David would increase. So in other words, the whole prayer movement, worship movement is going to increase. By the way, you might know these stats, but in 1985, there was 25 known 24-7 houses of prayer on planet Earth. So in 1985, there was 25 houses of prayer that were 24-7. Today's conservative estimate is 30,000, 30,000, 24-7s. <laughs> so, I mean, Amazing. that's everything from prayer chains in China to, you know, yeah. places like Seoul, Korea, or here in Kansas City, you know, or the 70,000 houses of prayer in Africa alone. Not all of them are 24-7, but the point is, is that this is happening. God's doing what he said he would do. And so yeah. this is an incredible time to be alive. Now, now, we can say, all right, so is this the devil? Is this God? Is this just, you know, is this just whatever, you know, time causing this COVID or whatever? Now, yeah, the enemy is raging, but the enemy is raging about what God is doing and about to do. But God, nothing's taken him by surprise. So in other words, I'm of the camp to say that I believe the Lord is also using this pandemic, this time, to get our attention, to bow down in humility. The second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. So there's that and more. And I do believe you cannot erase the many, many, many scriptures that talk about judgment. All right. So in other words, I'm not afraid to use that term because it's in the Bible. And if we start to say, well, God, you know, yes, our judgment, my judgment of salvation fell on Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to heaven because of the blood of Jesus. No questions asked there. But the fact is, is that God, let me just read this. Yeah. Isaiah 26, 9 says, 
When your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. See, there's things where God is catching our attention from the the redemptive disciplines, the, the ways that he will discipline, even discipline the church. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Discipline the church. I think God is really seeking to wake up the church, that there mm-hmm. is a sense that we've been carrying merrily along. And, and I say this, and I don't, you know, I don't mean to be negative, but I think for some churches, if God didn't show up, there wouldn't be any difference. You know, this is the way we go to church. This is the way we do church. We have great programs. But it's like, wait a second, we need God. We need the interruption of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God to fill our services in our very lives. So God in his kindness isn't going to let us carry on our merry way, just like a good parent wouldn't let their kid carry on a, uh, a less than best, you know, path that they're on that could very well lead them to destruction. So He certainly got my attention. And one of the things that I felt in my life, and I propose this for many, is pride. And what is pride? Pride is basically saying, I can do it. Thank you very much. The opposite is humility, which is dependence on God. And we can lean on our gifts or we can lean on how we've done things before. But it is time that we bow down in humility and say, God, I repent. You know what? I repent. I repent for pride. I repent for, you showed me many things in my life. Uh, for example, the Sabbath. Um, you've heard me mention this before, Matthew, but I am experiencing a whole new revelation of Sabbath because, yeah, I've taken a day off, but my day off meant, you know, I'm still answering emails. I'm still on my phone. I'm still busy, busy, busy. And it's like the Lord challenged me early COVID and said, Patricia, you haven't really truly taken a Sabbath for a very long time. I'm like, mm. you know, I'm really busted by God. And he's showing me, I've gone to the scriptures. You know what? Shabbat, that word means cease. Cease from your works. And uh, Isaiah 58, the Sabbath, where the Lord's saying, hey, you, you, you fast. Not fast. You fast. I know we, we have a fasted lifestyle. We love fasting, and it's great. I love fasting. But the problem was God was challenging me in Isaiah 58, saying, is this the fast that I've chosen? You know, the three things he said to do there, help the poor, stop speaking negative, and honor the Sabbath. So we can fast till the cows come home, but if we don't do these things that God said to do, then we've missed the point. And so what I've been seeking to do and what I felt challenged by him to do is to uh, get off my phone, get off my computer a day a week, and to three things, more time with the Lord, time with family, family, uh, friends, you know, you can put that in there too. It's just just relational and, and just more time. And this, this surprised me, but I submit this, but I felt like God said nature that he wanted me to enjoy more the beauty of creation, get out and hike, get out and take a walk, whatever, you know? Um, So I do do that on a regular basis, but it's, it's almost, it's therapy for the soul when we take a Sabbath rest. And I could quote lots of stats that talk about, I mean, even secular, secular doctors are finding that people who take a day of rest a week are actually healthier, more mentally stable, happier, And then we can look at Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby. I love those places, but take a day. You know, you know, I was just reading another book from the owner, uh, the founder of Hobby Lobby. And when he made the decision, I think it was 1998, when he made the decision to to have a Sabbath rest, taking themselves out of the market one day a week. So one in seven 
which was the biggest selling day because people are not at work, so they have time to shop. He said it was basically a, a real direct word from the Lord, and they knew that they were about to put themselves in a financial downturn, which lasted, I think he said, a couple months. And after that, their finances just soared. Same with Chick-fil-A. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like there's many gifts here, um, Matthew, and we are not to lose sight of them. And it is time to pray. It is time to bow down and then rise up. Take our authority over this virus. Take our authority in the Lord, but realize we've been given, actually, if we'll see it, a gift. And the Lord will truly take care of us. I believe that with all of my heart, even those that have gone through financial loss or or downturn or, or um, whatever, I, I really believe the Lord will make it back to you if we keep our hearts right and keep seeking Him and saying, Father, I trust you. You know what? Um, yeah. We put our trust in you. Yeah. So good. I love that picture of the cocoon, you know, that, that seems so significant that God would, in some ways, enclose us, you know, quarantine us. But for the idea that, that was, that's transforming us, and in some ways we're dying so that we can come back alive again, you know, it's like who we were is dying, that pride, that self-reliance, that maybe overwork, all those things. And um, and those things are dying so that we can experience something new and fresh. I love you also used the phrase interruption of the Holy Spirit. I liked that. That seemed uh, that seemed about right. <laughs> um, you know, so good. And can I just mention that Bob Jones prophesied. Yeah. I mean, he died back in 2014, but he prophesied in 2009 about the different decades. But what he said about the 2020s, he said about the rest of God and God's rest in us. Ephesians 2:22. Who knew that we were going to be thrown into a pandemic that we all had to kind of come to a screeching halt? Not everybody, I realized. But here's the problem is that if we have just made ourselves busier with other stuff, mm-hmm. that's where I feel a warning from the Lord. Because I, I really do sense that this is a gift that we prepare for what is to come. Labor pains coming stronger Again, not to use my personal family as a prophetic picture to everybody, but I'm here in Kansas City because my daughter, this is her house, and my son-in-law, four leaders at IHOP, by the way, but they just had a baby. And his name is Emmaus King Nunez. Emmaus for the road to Emmaus, when the disciples walked with Jesus and he revealed himself to them through the scriptures. And I do believe that this is a time for us to dig in the word eat the scroll, that the word is going to come alive for us on a new level as we recognize the King of Kings is coming. And it's not that far away. I don't believe personally that it's tomorrow because there's still a few more things to be fulfilled, but it is coming soon and we would do well to prepare spiritually, mentally. And I just want to mention this, Matthew, sorry if I'm talking too much, but what did Jesus say? Nine times Jesus said different ways. He said, in terms of his coming, watch and pray. Watch and right. pray. So the watch, the mind, you know, anointed observation. So uh, grow in understanding. So when we grow in our understanding of the word and we look at what's happening in the world and we see, oh, wow, wasn't this incredible that there's this is happening in Israel. This is happening in the Middle East. This was happening in the... Jesus prophesied, you know, lawlessness would abound or deception. He prophesied this stuff, as well as the great harvest of souls. Let's not forget, lose sight of the fact that there's a thousand baptized in the beaches of California last weekend alone. People are coming in. 
watch anointed observation and pray. That's the heart where we're growing in our strength from connecting with Jesus. We, if our prayer life is not grown since the time COVID hit, I would challenge everybody to say, mm, I need to yeah. have a second look at my life. Watch yeah. and pray. Two admonitions Jesus said over and over in light of his coming. And this is time that we really adhere to his admonition to do both. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think it would be a mistake to sort of busy ourselves in this year of uncertainty and just hope for things to get back to normal rather than hearing this call and invitation to God to enter into rest, to enter more deeply into his presence and into a life of prayer and to really ask the Holy Spirit to lead us in what needs to change, what needs to adjust, find out if we if we are ready for all that he's wanting to do. And so I appreciate you calling us into that. So yeah, let's let's see. Any anything else you'd like to to share with with folks before we uh before we transition off here? Well, the one thing uh, I would like to encourage everybody, those that have families, I mean, my heart does burn for the next generation to also catch this. One of the great things that we can do to prepare our, our children, our children's children, is to, you know, model, model a life that burns for Jesus. So, yeah. for example, when, um, you know, in the house of prayer back in Stratford, when our kids were all little, we have six children. And I would take them with me to the house of prayer. And then, you know, some of them became worship leaders. Our daughter Gabriel, the house I'm in right now, that she became one of the worship leaders. And my son Judah as well still leads worship as well as the other kids. But my point is this, is like I saw for every one of them who participated in the house of prayer, even if it was with the little ones that I would just bring them in for a short time, something caught in them. And they all, by the grace of God, burn for Jesus. And my greatest desire for my children is that they would love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, strength. Because why? Because that's the most important thing that Jesus said we're supposed to do. So that's the most important thing we're supposed to pass on to our kids. So in other words, we model it, we live it, we do it. And I just haven't seen anybody, you know, who's participated in prayer and who's studied the word I haven't seen anybody not grow more in love with Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. They all do. They yeah. all do, including including our kids. And I don't know, Matthew, maybe I just I just feel like, you know, I, I'm not that old, by the way, I'm 54. But the bottom line is that this life is so fleeting, is so short compared to eternity. So I want to live it full on. And I want to mm. live my life in such a way that when I'm seeing Jesus face to face, I know that there's no regrets you know, said yes. And so I would say for everyone that's listening, hey, what do you got? 80 years, 90, maybe whatever. But it's going to be eternity after that. And how we live our life now. Now, I'm not saying sit in a corner, read your Bible 24 seven. I am saying major on the majors and minor on the minors, because it's like, before you know it, he's coming or we go to him and yeah. And this is our opportunity, you know, willingly, voluntarily. I love you. You know, I want to burn for you. And then I want to pass this to my kids and my grandkids and, and see them love and burn for you. So therefore, there's no fear because perfect love casts out fear. You know what I've noticed is there's been such a, a 
fear this year, fear of the future, fear of obviously lack, fear of end times or fear, 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 fear. Yeah. That's not of the father. But when mm. we, our hearts are enlarged in him, there is fear just goes right out the window. It's, Come on. And Lord, I trust you. Really, yeah. really trust you. And I trust you with my kids. So in other yeah. words, uh, I, I just encourage everyone that this is actually an exciting, amazing, phenomenal time to be alive. Yeah. And yeah. let's burn for him. Let's burn together. Come on. Come on. We'll have no regrets for doing that. <laughs> Amen. Hey, I just feel like you should just say a quick prayer over anybody that listens. Would, yeah. you, would you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Father, thank you so much for your radical love for us because we love because you first loved us. So Lord, swing wide the doors of our heart to realize how you see us, that you delight in us. Whoa, you delight in us. You delighted me. Oh my goodness. Whether I failed miserably or done well, or Lord, you delight in us. And Lord, we want that love tank to grow. Let it grow for everyone listening. Lord, let passion arise. Let let Mary, who sat at your feet, who heard your word, she loved your word, and she loved you. Let that become our experience. We choose the better way. We choose the best. Sit at your feet day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year. Oh God, let it come upon us, Lord. Father, I pray that you would reveal where we have wasted time. God, where we have, you know, just wasted years even, Lord, but you redeem. And I bless anyone listening right now saying, oh, but I regret this. It's okay. Give him the wasted time. Give him the wasted years and see what he does with it. Lord, Turn it all around. Now let there be a burning heart for you. Now let there be a hunger for your word. Now, even now as we're listening, let something rise up inside of us. It says, I must seek the face of God. And Lord, I thank you. You're going to help us. Holy Spirit, you're called our teacher. That you help us understand your word. That you take away boredom, so to speak. Lord, that just goes. You take away Fear, even now, in the name of Jesus. Just see somebody or more than one getting a job where they've needed a job. God's going to provide for you. It is God who's going to make things happen. Just sit under that canopy of his love for you. Let your voice first be heard on high before you even fill out another job application because it's God who's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. So, Father, let it come. And I bless every prayer leader, every house of prayer leader, let them be encouraged right now. Lord, even where there's the rigors, you know, there's the day, there's the day by day by day. There's the, you know, the times where it seems like laborious or, or people are arguing on the team or whatever. Lord, give them endurance. Spirit of endurance come upon them, Lord, that they would never give up. and They would be encouraged today to know this is you and we are investing in eternity we're building houses on the rock instead of houses on sinking sand so father thank you bless matthew too thank you so much for this young man the fire in his bones his leadership even like moses <laughs> a reluctant leader at first but was a mighty man of humility and leadership calling people out of darkness into light. We bless this Matthew, Lord, who is anointed to say, let my people go. 
into their calling, into the promised land. So pour out your grace on him, pour out your glory to his family. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We exalt you, we love you, and we just say, you're worth it all. Yeah. <laughs> you're just Come worth on. it all, Jesus. You are worth it all. Mm. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, real quick, would you like to mention any of your books or courses or resources or any way that people can connect with you? Yeah, you know, um, we anybody that's interested in end times, we just started just on Monday. We started a eight-week course on end times. We did a, a first round and so many people wanted uh, more. And you don't have to have been on the first one, but you can go on to schoolrevival.com, schoolrevival.com that'll talk about the end times course. Not too late. Even if you miss a session or two, you can get it emailed to you. And I do think it's important. It's time to study the word as it pertains to end time. We can unpack this. Since 2008, the Lord really spoke to us about studying end times. So I have written three books. The one about parenting is called Raising Burning Hearts. It's just being translated now into Portuguese and Spanish, but it's a book about raising kids to burn for Jesus. The latest book I wrote too is called uh, A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters, which is Prophecy, Prayer, and the Word of God. So there's that. And then the prayer initiative. Hey, it's amazing. Actually, we have people joining the American election prayer from Australia, from England, and from Canada. So even if you're not from this country, but that's called uh, dailyelectionprayer.com that we'd love you to sign up and love you to pray with us for that too. So thanks. Thanks, Matthew. That's yeah. Yeah. We'll link to all that stuff in the show notes so people can check it out. Awesome. Patricia, thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you. Um, I'm thank glad. You. Thanks so much. Yeah. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, look, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it, uh, release it on social media, send it to your friends, share it with your community. If you're on YouTube, give us that little thumbs up. If you're on uh, you know, Apple, leave us a rating or a review. All that kind of stuff helps us get this podcast out there and equip more people, release this revelation of what God is saying to the church right now. Do not forget God's presence changes everything.